0: Good morning, everybody. Here we are on a Wednesday morning from the studios of Grand Fork's Best Source. And yes, you hear the music. And yes, it is time for a Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. We'll be right back. Standing by, we've got realty expert John Brodeen. Life with its many stages. From the my little one has just arrived stage to the I have arrived stage. From the first home you'll ever buy to the one home you'll have forever no matter where you find yourself in life your forever agent will be there berkshire hathaway home services for you for life all right and we are back with your berkshire hathaway bi-weekly podcast here he is the one the only john brodine hey. how are you man good how are you i'm doing good 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 how's the family how's the wife how's the kid all that stuff yeah really good good yeah. good
1: she's Gonna be nine months old in like a week or... Yeah, In less than a week here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Starting to get into trouble yet? A little bit. Yeah. Definitely uh, got
0: to be more careful about what oh. you leave out around her. Yep. Just getting into everything, <laughs> climbing all over the place. Pretty soon you're going to have to watch what you say oh, and yeah. all Uh-oh. that kind of stuff because they, know. you know, they're magnets. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I've always been wondering because when I talk to you guys, uh, you know, and, and I've had this talk with Adam uh, last week about what is a realty expert. And um, after everything I have learned and everything you guys teach me, pretty much. Every week, mm-hmm. I'd like to know: Are there signs that you're working with a bad agent? One that I would not consider a realty expert.
1: Yeah, um, that's that's an interesting point. In our industry, it, it, maybe more so than other industries, there's such a wide skill discrepancy between the very best agents in, in town mm-hmm. and the very worst agents in town. Okay, you know, a bad agent could be somebody who just doesn't sell enough houses, where they're just not in the rhythm of things, and they mm-hmm. haven't gained enough knowledge don't have enough experience they could have been licensed for 10 years but they hardly do anything sure um they're just not as in tune with the market you could have a new agent who hasn't developed that experience and mm-hmm. expertise yet but they're on their way there um and the funny thing is the the agents who, who are have much less skills with real estate um, get paid the same you know yeah. for yeah if, if they sell a house if, if they sell a 300,000 dollar house they get paid pretty much you know they mm-hmm. charge the same almost the same in most cases, um, as you know, one of the best agents in town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, one of the biggest signs that you're working with an agent that isn't very confident, isn't very skilled is they just agree with everything you say. And they, they never really give you any real advice. If they're just agreeing with everything you say and every idea you have, they say, Oh, that's a great idea. I think you should do that. Yeah.
0: the ones that are like, yep. Yeah.
1: It's probably because they they either don't know or they don't know well enough to have the confidence to say, "Hey, I I don't think that would be best based on what you told me and what your plan is and what you're trying to accomplish. I think and, you should do this instead of that."
0: Yeah, and I think you nailed it right there when you said the word confidence. Yeah, um, because let's face it, until you are confident enough to say something like, you know, well, I don't dis- I don't agree with that. Maybe we should, but yeah, and it and that takes time. Yeah, it does take time, and you have to you have to develop
1: knowledge you have to um, be able to communicate your knowledge effectively that you know you could have you could be really really knowledgeable and really smart about real estate but if you can't communicate it in a way that the client's going to understand and they're going to be able to take what you're giving them and make the right decisions um, you know that's another skill in itself but yeah you know somebody who's only like the best thing they can do for you is just show up and open doors. Mm-hmm. That's like a minimum wage job. They shouldn't be getting paid as much as they're getting sure, paid. Sure. If that's all, the only value they provide, you know, mm-hmm. being able to write up a contract, um, you know, without making any huge mistakes, you know, maybe that's a little bit higher skill, but it's sure. still relatively low. They're hiring you for your advice, not just for you to be able to check the boxes and open mm-hmm. doors for them and be able to fill out blanks on a contract, um, for in buyer's case. And so, um, you know, what you'll find with, when you work with an experienced, really expert agent is um, they're going to be able to have those tough conversations with you and they know what they've listened to you. They've asked you the right questions. They know what you're trying to accomplish. And then they're able to give you advice on how you're to help you accomplish those things. So if they don't ask you any, you know, import, if they don't ask you the right questions, if they don't listen to you, you know, that's another sign that you're mm-hmm. not working with a very good person. And the other thing is when you're working with a, a less successful, less experienced, lower producing agent, they might just say what they need to say in order to get a deal together. Sure, sure. Um, you know, maybe they're, they're not. They're just going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. by the time you need to sell this thing, they're going to be out of the real estate business anyway. Yeah. Maybe they don't even know it yet. But um, they, they're they they're more in it. In some cases, they might be more in it for the paycheck Whereas somebody like me or another full-time agent who's been in this for the long haul and they're going to be in it for more you know decades in mm-hmm. the future, um, I want my person, if, if they're buying a home, to make a smart decision because I know they're going to call me up, you know whether it's in five years or in seven years or in 10 years, to sell this place. And I want to be able to have given them good advice so that they can get a great result when they go to sell it. Um, if I just told them what they wanted to hear and got them into the first thing they looked at and said, "Oh yeah, that's that's a great investment. You buy this house in this crappy neighborhood and you put 100 grand worth of renovations into it. That's going to work out great." Mm-hmm. And then they called me up to sell it 3 years later. Some plans have changed, and I have to tell them that, "Oh yeah, out of that 100 grand you spent, um, you know, we're only able to sell it for 30 grand more yeah. than what you paid for it based <laughs> on the comps because of the neighborhood and, you know, the type of house it is." That's why you need to give people proper advice because it's a lifelong relationship. I'm, sure, I'm their real estate expert. I'm their real estate agent. They're going to call me whenever they need anything. I need to give them good advice. Some examples of some of the tough conversations that good agents have that a less confident, less experienced agent probably won't have is like if a buyer sees a house that they really want and they want to write up an offer on it, and the buyer says, "Yeah, I think I want to come in, you know, twenty thousand low." meanwhile the house is priced really well it's super attractive it's probably getting a ton of showings and it's only two days on market you know the you know less experienced agent is probably gonna have a hard time telling them like sure. hey listen inventory is super low if you want a chance at this house you probably need to come in closer to like you know this mm-hmm. price not mm-hmm. that price whereas the less experienced agent you know they're just like okay sure i'll write it up for that amount and then they lose it and they lose a whole bunch and they're not getting any advice on how how they need to be writing their offers to actually be able to get this house. They're in love with, uh, versus a good agent, you know, is going to be right. willing to tell them that, um, you know, like we talked about earlier. Another thing is like, if somebody has plans to do a fixer upper, uh, a good agent is going to have the market knowledge to know which houses have some opportunity and some potential, especially based on the neighborhood based on the comps uh, they're going to do that research and they're going to tell you, you know, if this house is going to be a, a good one for what you want to do to it, or if it's not going to be a good investment to put that much into it. Um, you know, somebody who doesn't know is probably just going to say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea now, every now. time, you know, and you could be making a bad decision because you're not getting any advice. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just having, you're hearing an echo chamber. And you know, if you're yeah. just a home buyer who's looking to buy a fixer upper, you're not the real estate expert and you don't really have a real estate expert on your side helping sure. you. So what value are you getting? You're, you're paying this agent, whether you know it or not, you're paying this agent a lot. Yep. Um, when you're buying a house you know, even though it's coming out of the seller's proceeds, the buyer agent commission, so you're not paying it out of your pocket, it's still getting paid out of the money that you're giving to the seller. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to get every dollar's worth of value out of that. Um,
0: so, you know, yeah. um, I want to talk just for a second. I know I hate to interrupt you, but no, no, when it comes ahead. to uh, part-time agents, yeah, um, I know some, you know, they have full-time jobs mm-hmm. uh, and then they're doing the uh, realty thing on the side. But I couldn't imagine, because how much I know you guys put into what you do, I couldn't imagine that these people must not get any sleep at all, because if they're going to a full-time job, and I'm sure there are still a few people out there that can handle doing both, but I couldn't imagine, because even if you're not showing a house or something like that, you guys are always crunching numbers, you're doing research, you guys are doing stuff all the time. Do you imagine having another full-time job and trying to do this, too? I couldn't imagine doing that. I I can name a couple of agents off the top of my head that have
1: different full-time jobs mm-hmm. and that are very good real estate agents. Okay. Literally two that come to mind right now in Ground Forks. Um, but the funny thing is this will probably give it away who I'm thinking of, but they're both teachers, so they don't Okay. okay. They don't have to work during the summer. Mm-hmm. Sure. And you know they're they're somebody where if I wasn't an agent and I, you know, I, I would be comfortable working right, with them, you know. Right. Um, they're they're up and there. they've been doing it for a while. They've, they've been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. and they have the time during the summer when things are the most busy. Sure. So they've kind of got it figured out. But as far as the majority of agents who have a different job, that's a huge red flag. Oh, I couldn't. Um, yeah, it'd be know, tough. It, it's tough. It, you're not in the real estate world twenty four seven. You're you're you know, you have work to get done at your other job. How are you possibly researching the market? Um, responding quickly to your clients. How are you doing all of the duties of a full-time real estate agent? It just doesn't add up. And the thing is, you know, maybe they have time to handle an act, 10 transactions a year. Let's mm-hmm. say, let's be generous. Well, um, doing 10 transactions a year compared to an agent who's doing 30 or 40 transactions a year. You're just not seeing enough transactions. You're not in the office developing relationships with the agents. You're probably not able to communicate with the other agents. You're not as involved in the agent community. So you just don't have those relationships and that, that time in that other people do have.
0: So you, I mean, basically all of you realty experts at Berkshire Hathaway, this is a 24 seven thing. Yeah. I mean, I know you guys, because if, if, if I was to call you, if, if, I was one of your clients, I know darn well, I could probably call you on a Saturday night at nine o'clock and I'm guessing you'd probably answer the phone, I mean yeah. just knowing you like I do, yep, yep and
1: you know as that's another interesting point, you know when you are a full time agent and you're busy, you do have to try to set those boundaries a little bit right but, right, you know it's like if you if i if I say you know, I can't talk right now on the phone, but I can still answer questions via text or I'll set up a time. I can, mm-hmm. I can call yep. you in 30 minutes, you know, I'm yep. with my family right now, but I can,
0: yep. you know, and so, and so that's all they need to hear.
1: Yep, yep. You know, it's like, wow, he did
0: answer and he's going to get back to me.
1: It's not an option just to, to ghost somebody for, you know, not respond right. to them for a day and a half. That sure. Just sure. Isn't how things work in this mm-hmm. business. You have to always be there um, for your people. You know, some other tough conversations you have tough conversations with both buyers and sellers sellers it matters you know we're talking about how much it matters when you're a buyer to get the right advice it matters probably even more to get the right advice when you're a seller because the consequences are so much worse oh yeah if you screw things up because you only really get one shot at it when you're selling a home you're only going to be a brand new listing once Mm -hmm. if you if you screw it up the first time your marketing your pricing your staging your home preparation is not good when you do it the second time around, it's not going to have the same pop in the market than when the first time that house hits the market.
0: And and I would imagine if things didn't go good, there's a lot of realtors in this town, and I would imagine the word gets out pretty quick.
1: Yeah, and and amongst the real estate agent community, we know who's good. Sure. First off, sometimes these less, uh, less experienced less knowledgeable agents. The one thing that I notice personally is they're so much more emotionally invested in the deal because mm-hmm. they really want that paycheck and they want to try to look like a superhero, but they really don't know what they're doing that much. The agents who are really good, they still battle for their clients, but it's never like personal. It's never emotional. Mm-hmm. It's their job. And they're just like, they care more about keeping the relationship good between, you know, me and this other agent more than just trying to look like a hero and blowing stuff up and blowing things out of proportion and, yep. and freaking out and getting emotional. You know, that's, that's one of the things I appreciate about working with some of the really good agents in town is they're just smooth and easy to work with. Even when there are disagreements and there's disputes, it's never, it's never personal. Mm-hmm. It's never a big blow up. Thing. You know, and it's
0: funny too, because you guys remember your clients. Yeah. Um, uh, one of your lenders um, who I bought my house from 18 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I ran into him uh, about a month ago. Oh yeah. he, Remembered me. He remembered yep. where we lived. He remembered what I did for a living. And yeah. it's like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen you for eighteen years. And it's like they remember that stuff because, yeah. but that's like you said. You know, you, you you get in good with the people. You want them to remember you because it might not be the first time you buy or sell a house for them.
1: Yep, exactly. And and you're a part of a pretty big thing in their life. Mm-hmm. So you you oh, own yeah. that. You know, um, it's not just a get them in, get them out, you know, type of sales right. transaction. It's it's not like. I'm selling something that somebody buys once a month. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. selling something, you know, or not even selling something, but I'm working with people on a transaction that they make maybe only a few times throughout their life. So, right. So Might even be once. It's a big deal. It sure is. Yes.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, that it? Yeah. I mean, I... I, I learned more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, you ever think about, like, teaching at the U on, uh, you know, like... Uh, Realty 101 or anything?
1: I wouldn't mind doing something like that someday. (laughs) That sounds like kind of fun.
0: How does somebody get a hold of Realty expert,
1: John Brodeen? So follow me on all the socials. I'm posting content all the time. If you want to become a client or you want to ask me a question, 701-213-5428 is my cell phone number. Um, Call or text me on that anytime.
0: And we will see you in a couple of days? Yes. Yep. All right. There we go. That's your Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcast. Realty expert John Brodeen in the studio. He will be back again Friday morning about 10 o'clock. All right? Until then, have yourself a great night.